Welcome to our Sunday morning segment of the Grace Chapel podcast. If you would like more information about Grace Chapel, visit their website, gracechapel.org.au. There you can find more materials in growing your identity in Christ. Today we're going to be talking on faith. Now faith is a really big topic. Faith explained. And faith helps us see things differently. And so I've got some photos just to, to start with to help us think about seeing things differently. And um, be, while we're waiting for those photos, we've got Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So the meaning of if I saw that, that something existed already and then I believed, that's not really faith. But faith is when I believe it anyway. So I, I have faith in what Jesus did for us on the cross for our sins. We are so blessed. Importantly, faith does not hope, nor wish, nor guess. Faith, faith simply knows. The meaning, when I looked it up in the dictionary, faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something and a strong belief. Faith includes optimism and expectation, hopefulness and confidence about the future or the success of something. No photos? That's okay. Faith has power. The word of God is a witness to this. We see the power of people's faith in the Bible all the time. And we are going to be talking about that today. Faith has the power to diminish fear and faith is absolutely essential. We're hearing about essential workers at the moment, essential providers, essential healthcare, and, but this is a different kind of essential. Faith is essential for everyone. Every single one of us can do with faith. The Bible says faith is the evidence of things not seen. It is the ability to reach beyond ourselves, to go past the obvious circumstances, that surround us. It is our capacity to become convinced of the reality that things we have not seen. It enables us to anticipate the things that are not yet perceivable to the natural senses. Faith is the outreach of the human heart, an outreach based on unwavering confidence in the integrity of God's word and the ability of his power to meet every need, to overcome every situation, do we believe that God can meet all of our needs in every situation? That's a challenge for our hearts today. Here we go. We've got thinking about think, seeing things differently. We've got some photos here. And what do you think that looks like? A man r running into the woods, maybe? Or a dog running out. Or a dog running out of the woods. See how you can see that two different ways. Okay, this looks like a turtle. And also, 
you can see a man's face that appears to be under the turtle, but it's the markings of the turtle, which is really, truly incredible. God's got a sense of humour, I reckon. Next one. This looks like a purple carrot about to give us counselling. Tell us your problems. That's quite a, a funny one. All right. What about eating this pie? Do you do you do you think do you think you feel hungry eating this grumpy pie? <laughs> this, I think I'd prefer a happy pie. But there you go. That's a grumpy pie. There we go. And here is a T-Rex in the clouds. Isn't God amazing to think of doing something like that? Okay, the next one. And he's an eggplant with a thumbs up. Looks like a boxing glove. It's See, God has a way of showing he's got a sense of humour in all kinds of situations. I think we've just got a couple more. A dog, a dog face in a piece of timber. There you go. Next one. And that's a cross-section of a scan, brain scan, and it looks like the Christmas Grinch <laughs> inside someone's brain. And there's someone trying... It looks like someone trying to escape from a potato, doesn't it? That's quite amazing. Okay, and there's our scripture, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Okay. So we're, what we're doing is we're looking at a few different things. Uh, we are looking at the first one, what is faith? So, what is faith? This is great faith that moves mountains. This is the type of faith we're talking about, the faith that moves mountains. And it speaks of it in the Bible. All people have faith. The determining factor, though, is the measure in which we use our faith. It's a really good time to talk about faith. In this, in this climate that we live in, people are losing faith and we need to be the ones who are demonstrating great faith, demonstrating that we are not in fear. Martin Luther, in one of his conflicts with the devil, was asked by the, his arch enemy if he felt his sins were forgiven. No, said the great reformer. I don't feel that they are forgiven, but I know that they are. Because God says so in his word. Paul did not say, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt feel saved. But believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Amen. So that, that feeling will come later on, but we really need to put it on now. We need to put on faith. Right living versus wrong living is our next title. It is, vert it is vitally important that we learn how to live faith in God and that we learn how to rightly use our faith. For example, let these two blunt statements from the scriptures sink into your head. In Romans chapter 14, verse 23, in the King James Version, it says, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. That's a different one. Have you heard that one before? Have you read that before? Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So, why are we not having faith? We need to have faith. And again in Hebrews 11, 6, 
Without faith, it is impossible to please God. This is how important faith is. We are sharers of the light, sharers of God's word. We need to be getting these truths inside of ourselves. We are compelled to accept these statements as they stand. Going on without faith is a sin. So how is your faith? This matters because God is the rewarder of faith. Hebrews 11:6, King James says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Here's a story of flawed faith for you. There was a man who was in a flood. He was surrounded by floodwaters. It was everywhere. He decided to climb up onto the roof. He said, he said it was coming up higher and higher and higher. He said to the Lord, Lord, please save me from the floods. I will believe that you will save me. I will sit here and wait for you to deliver me. So he, in his waiting, a man came by in a canoe and he said, come in, jump into my canoe. I will save you. He said, no, 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 no. I'm waiting for God to save me. God will deliver me. Okay. And then the water rose higher and higher. It got to his legs while he's sitting up on the roof, right on the very top. And then comes a speedboat. And the man in the speedboat says, hey, come, and, come over here. I can save you. Get in my boat. And he said, no, no, no. I'm waiting for God to save me. And he went, okay, and off he went. Then the water came up to his neck. He was literally standing on the very top and the water was right up to here and he's still waiting for the Lord to save him. And a helicopter comes by and the man in the helicopter lets out the rope. He says, come, climb up the rope. Hang on to the rope and I will save you. He says, no. God is going to save me. He's going to deliver me. And there was nothing he could do, the, the man in the helicopter, that is. So he took off and saved someone else. Anyway, this poor bloke, he treaded water, because it went over his head. He treaded water for a couple of hours, and then he went to meet his maker. How unfortunate for him. But he got to see God at the pearly gates. And he said, Lord, I waited for you to save me. And he said, I did send two boats and a helicopter. What more do you want? And so this is, this is flawed faith. God sent the help. Now, we could think about our present circumstances. If someone is sending help, if someone wants to help out, just accept the help that's given because it might be sent from God. And so receive it willingly. Otherwise you miss out. Faith is contrasted with fear. This is a big one, especially in the last year. There's been a lot of fear, hasn't there? A lot of fear. Now, I, do, I took a piece from This We Believe, written in 1967, 
Now, fears were different then. I don't know if you can remember. Actually, I wasn't alive then, but it was shortly after that that I was born, and, um, and I can relate to this. Never before in the history of mankind has fear exacted such a terrible toll on human happiness as it is doing today. We live in an age that is dominated by two things, the destructive power of the atom, remember that, and the even more destructive power of fear. Now the atom, the atom bomb, the splitting of the atom and the big explosion and the mushroom cloud and the fear that the world was going to come to an end because a whole lot of these were going to be let off. That was a real fear. It was really terrifying. Can people remember how terrifying that was? I was a child when that took place, when that fear took place. And I felt like I wasn't going to live for long enough to be a mother even. That's how fearful it was. And you know how tiny an atom is? It is just so tiny. How tiny is this, um, this COVID germ? How, it's so tiny, but we're so fearful of it. Okay. So just think on that for a moment. But there's fears in every generation. That's what it told me. Every generation has its fears, but we don't have to subscribe to those fears. In script, elsewhere in scripture, it says, fear hath torment. We see people in torment. Fear has a dreadfully destructive force. Aside from lust, Satan possibly has no more powerful weapon than fear. The torment from fear affects the mind and the body and the soul and the spirit. We see evidence of this in people everywhere. Jesus said men's hearts would fail them for fear because they are, are looking out in dread of the future. People everywhere are looking out for the worst to happen. Is that what we see in this present age? They fear what can happen in the future. And so this is a challenge for us, not to be in fear. Instead, we need to live in recognition of the overruling sovereignty of our God. Our hope and trust needs to be in the Lord for our eternity, regardless of the future. Now, all of us, some, we're all different ages. Some of us are in our 20s and some of us are in our 80s. But the thing is, we all have in common that we're at the beginning of our eternity. We're, our eternity has only just begun for every single one of us. And God has a, a perfect plan. He has an eternity that is far beyond what we can imagine. And so the worst thing that could happen here is that we would die here and then go on to a magnificent eternity. So when you put that into perspective, it really changes the way we can think. These are the real fears of today. Climate change, fear of sickness and loss of life. Fear of job loss, of income loss, fear of rejection in relationships, fear of the future. Our children are growing up in fear. They are fearing growing up. 
This is the challenge for parents. Now more than ever, we need to raise our children to be courageous and brave. It is so important. We want them to be courageous and not live in fear. In the Bible, the Gospels list some 125 Christ-issued imperatives. Of these, 21 urge us to not be afraid or not fear or have courage or take heart or be of good cheer. The second most common command, to love God and love your neighbour. And it appears only eight occasions. If quantity is any indicator, Jesus takes fears very seriously. The one statement he made more than any other was this, don't be afraid. Are we feeling braver now? I want to encourage you. Special, um, on the subject of children, first days of anything. First day at school, first day camping, first day at the dentist. All these first days, we just need to encourage them to be brave and say, it's not what you imagine it to be. It, it's not even half of that bad. Satan doesn't want us to have faith and he wants and will go into the reasons why. He really wants to mess it up for us. Satan wants our hearts to fail. Now, I am married to a horseman and he teaches me a bit about horses. And one thing I've learnt about horses is if you fall off, you get back on. And you don't wait till next week you get back on right now. You might be feeling a little sore, a little bruised, but there's a principle. There's a couple of principles, in fact. One, you want to make sure that that horse realises who's boss. That's one thing. And if the horse tips you off and realises he's got the power, well, you don't want him to have that advantage. And the other is you don't want fear to overtake you because if you wait a week or two weeks, or a month before you get back on that horse, you've allowed fear to settle in. So don't let fear settle in. Go back into it. Think of the story of Abraham and Isaac, a little bit of a different story. Now, Abraham, a very old man, promised a son. He, the son was given to him by God, and at this stage, when he was asked to go up onto the mountain to sacrifice his son, his only son, to Sarah, the promised one, he did as he was told because he, he had faith that God had a perfect plan for him. Now, even his son went along with it. Did anyone think about that? His son actually carried the wood, which meant that he was not five, probably not ten, possibly he was 15 or maybe 16 or maybe even older. So he, he was old enough to put up a fight, but he trusted his father completely. There was a, it was a strong relationship between Abraham and Isaac. But it was never God's plan that he was sacrificed. 
It was never part of his plan. If you read the story, at the beginning you see the title is God Tests Abraham's Faith and that is the point of the story. And God made provision for that sacrifice to take place. In Psalm 23, we read about passing through the valley of the shadow of death and not fearing evil because God's rod and his staff, they comfort me. Now, we're not told get part the way through and go, oh, this is a bit scary, I'm going to go back. No, we're to pass through, we're to keep going. Don't stop, keep going. And so we are... We, are not to retreat from fear. Don't retreat. Keep going. Trust God. Fear is contagious. Okay. Well, I really believe that. What about the illustration of the last, uh, nearly 12 months ago, when suddenly all the toilet papers started flying off the shelves because, and it happened all around the world, I couldn't believe it, all these people stocking up on toilet paper. And then it became canned foods and meat and eggs and milk and uh, pasta and rice. Yeah, we were <laughs> limited on how much we could buy. But it was contagious. The fear was contagious. So that tells me whenever I see a mass of people doing the same thing, I stop and pause for a moment and I think, hello, something's telling me something. I think it's God <laughs> telling me something. Don't go along with the crowd. Fear has the ability to torment the mind and the body and the spirit. Satan's intention is to keep us from fulfilling our destiny to God, from living a joyful spirit-filled existence where we can give to others out of the overflow of God's provision. Okay, do we want God's provision? Do we want God to overflow us with his provision so that we can overflow it to others? Yeah, so let's not stop that from happening. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 in the King James, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So don't, if you've got anxiety, worry, suicidal thoughts, they are wrong thoughts. We need to get back into the word, read the scriptures and follow the truths. Jesus has taken all our troubles upon himself on the cross he took them. He did the hard work. We are the inheritors. Satan is having a ball when he gets all us stirred up. Fear leads to broken lives and sicknesses. Don't be insecure. Insecurity, like the insecure wife who asks her husband, where have you been? Why, didn't, why were you there for so long? Who were you talking to? What were they wearing? Like, she just about brings a separation on her own relationship because of the worry that she has. So 
And that's, I'm just not talking to wives. It's easy for me because I'm a woman. But I'm talking to anyone. Don't be insecure about who you are. Be certain about who you are. And also, it sets the example to your children. We don't want to set a bad example to our children to be insecure about who we are. Stand on God's word. Unforgiveness results in us having a gut full of pain and headaches from worry. So, unforgiveness, give it up. We need to just stop having unforgiveness. We need to forgive. And forgive for yourself to not have these ailments as well. Prayer can release us from such things. And I do know this personally. Prayer helps. And I know that Pastor Chris has talked about this a number of times, of where he has had um, people do really terrible things to him. And he said, Lord, this is where I learn it from, by the way, Lord, forgive them. I don't even feel like saying that right now, but I, I know I must, I want to, I will believe it. And then it gets to the point where he believes it. He can say it better. And it's believable and we're released from any unforgiveness and it blesses the other person. Don't we want to see other people being blessed as well? When Jesus walked with his disciples, he said in John 16, 33, there will be trouble in this world. It's an unavoidable fact that there will be trouble in this world. So, don't be surprised. Let's not be surprised. Jesus said that there's a promise. He has overcome the world. Have faith and trust God. And Jesus intended for a good result so that you may have peace and God's glory is yet to be revealed to us. So God's, Jesus has a good result for us. Let's take that. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. I look forward to knowing. I look forward to seeing that splendour that he has prepared for us in the hereafter. How amazing that will be. We cannot even start to imagine. Where does faith come from? So, where, who supplies us with faith? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, we see that Jesus is the champion who initiates, the perfect, initiates and perfects our faith. Jesus is the author of faith. The Bible tells us that faith has a source and it is inside of us. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 in the King James says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Saviour Jesus Christ, so it's by the knowledge of Jesus Christ as our Saviour we obtain our faith. So it's by knowing what Jesus has done for us. He has taken away all our troubles, all our sicknesses, all our pains. He has taken away all of our sins. And therefore, in its place, we are filled with faith. 
We are allotted faith in Jesus. It is given to us by God. The very faith necessary to believe God is also provided by the grace of God to all who will receive it. Faith came from the word of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, So faith comes from hearing and this is hearing the good news about Christ. I just wanted to show you my ring right now been there 31 years and if I when I was a child when I saw one of these I just thought oh it's a bit of metal didn't think much of it but it's got value apart from its significance in our marriage I found out that gold is exceedingly rare and it's hard to find it's hard to mine. It is long-lasting. It cannot be artificially made. And how's this? The value of it increases over time. Before, it was just a ring. But now, I understand the ring's value. And that's what faith is. Faith is just faith until you understand the value of faith. It's so valuable, we need to pursue it. Pursue it like it's precious. Faith is optimism and expectation, hopefulness and confidence, bravery and courage. So it is with faith as we read the word of God and we then understand who Christ is. Faith helps us to see things differently. Here's my own experience of faith. When I became a Christian, I was 12, I gave my heart to the Lord and I wasn't at the time interested in giving my heart to the Lord, not really, but I was persuaded that it was a very important choice to make and I thought, well, okay, I'll just do this prayer and then I'll get on with my day. Pretty much that's how I was thinking. But when I asked Jesus into my life, there was a definite impact on me and it changed who I am. Faith diminished confusion. I was really... In the home I grew up in, my father was full of his own faith. That's how I see it now. His own faith in his own ability. Now, he was a clever man. He was a hard worker, very talented, a perfectionist. He was a mechanic. He could build a lot more than what an average mechanic could build. And people called on him a lot. And he was also a racing car driver. He built his own cars. And, but the thing is, when something went wrong, he would explode. And the whole house was affected. And that's, that warped my way of thinking. It really did affect me. And also the confusion of the messages of the day really affected me. 
I became sullen and I wouldn't smile. And, but the Lord changed that. The Lord restored what he hoped for me. He, re- he made a restoration inside of me. And I didn't have to do a thing. It just, Jesus did it for me. And it was so profound that when I went to school, the teachers noticed a change. And I, I felt just, I felt different. And I, the messages inside my head were like, praise the Lord and stuff like that. I was thinking, praise the Lord. And um, that was, I did notice that. And, but the teachers noticed something on the outside. And I had no idea that was going on on the outside. So much so that they even rang my mum up and said, what's going on with Karen? And uh, so there you go. Salvation brought me an understanding of the true meaning of the word of God. Faith took away fear. So I was more sure about who I was. Thanks to Jesus, he gives us certainty. He reveals the truth to us. I can do things I otherwise would never have attempted to do, like public speaking on live stream. How's that? I was, I was 15 in high school and I was asked to do a five-minute speech and I just went, no, 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 that's not happening. So I was willing to do a project instead of this speech and the teachers just went, no, 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 that's not happening. So I thought, well, if I'm going to speak, I may as well speak on something worth talking about. So I talked about witchcraft and Christ. And I'll tell you what, I had the whole class asking all kinds of questions about that. And I found that nobody had spoken to these people about these issues. It was something new to them. And that really impacted me. Faith has helped me to be brave about the present and future. The certainty of my future is the certainty in the hands of God, reaching into eternity. So I have no doubt about what my future is, as I hope you too have no doubt about your future. And also... The answer to prayers. I've had healing from sickness. Many times I have come down with symptoms and I've just gone, Lord, my first thought is, I don't have time for this. And, um, but that's, and that's what's motivated me first. And I've gone, Lord, please take away these symptoms. I don't want this sore throat and so on. And it just takes it away. It's, ha- it's happened many, many times. Also, uh, from protection from harm, I know that I haven't spoken about this one. When I was 15, 16, round about there, uh, I had a boyfriend and he asked me to go and live with him when I go off to university. Um, He said, you can do that. We can get together, we can go to university together and... 
I said, oh, my mum won't have that. And he said, never mind about your mother. Let's do that. And I dumped him. So I didn't think that was very important for me to go against my mother. My mother, I love her dearly. And she, taught, well, she was the first to tell me about Jesus. Now... My, also, my ability to be decisive and certain, okay, that's also what has come with my faith. Reading God's word is a good place to start and I've needed to understand life issues. Also, seeking advice from people who can mentor you and I'm talking about Christians, I'm talking about people who love Jesus, Going to those people is also very helpful. And so this is the blessing upon my life, having Jesus in my life. Also a presence of peace. I have peace in my life. Handing problems over to the Lord in prayer brings peace. When it's too hard for me, Faith helps me be patient. That's another thing. Don't be impatient. God has a good timing. God has a good work. Just keep believing in faith. Now, how do we put on faith? A scripture that must be mentioned is the one in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2, where it says, All men have not faith. What? But, but here, the original Greek has the definite article and it speaks of the faith so all men have not the faith the reference here is not to faith as a faculty of the human spirit and that is the human ability itself but the original faith which is the gospel of Christ and especially to the saving faith in Christ so putting on faith is the faith found in reading God's word. That is the gospel of Christ and especially the saving faith in Christ. So not only are we called to have faith, we're called to have the faith. The faith in the saving grace of Christ. Now when we say that all people have faith, we mean that everybody has the potential ability to believe God. We all have the capacity for faith. Every person is born with this capacity and every man makes use of it in some part of their life. The fact that we have faith is proved by the evidence that we have fear. Fear is when it, fear, when it becomes an overpowering force is faith perverted. When fear is no longer a trigger to make us act hastily, then it moves to an ongoing tormenting possession that evil will overtake us. When we allow fear to dominate us, it bends the powerful force of our natural faith into a deep dread of the unknown, and that will ultimately destroy us. You may say, doesn't the Bible mention little faith? Yes, it does. This is how Jesus rebuked the disciples before calming the storm. How about when Jesus mentioned great faith? Yes, it was the time the centurion demonstrated he was both under Christ's authority and in the place 
of directing and protecting others, and he believed for a miracle. Then it was Paul who mentioned unwavering faith in reference to withstanding persecution, imprisonment and other hardships. Paul proclaimed he was always persevering and kept the faith. God has already given us the ability to believe and God has always endeavoured to guide men to live by the faith of abiding, the power, sorry, of abiding faith. Faith is believing. Matthew chapter 21, verses 21 to 22. Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt it, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive it. Let go of fear. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 it says, I can by God's power, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And Colossians chapter 1 verse 11, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. And Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. A change of attitude. Here's some scriptures for that. We need to believe we have hope. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27, for God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. And some scripture on deliverance from fear comes to us through word and prayer. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. Abraham's faith was tested and he was blessed because his faithfulness and devotion to God was real. He was blessed and turned into a nation. God is stronger than Satan. Always remember that. Faith is essential. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Before I call people uh, for prayer, you can come for prayer if you want. Um, Before then, I just want to say this. Regularly take a moment to pause and take your eyes off yourself and off the world and look towards heaven for a much better perspective. Allow faith to see the invisible. Believe the incredible and receive the impossible. Have a wonderful week with great faith. Let's pray as we finish up our live stream. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray for everyone here. Bless each and every one who's in person 
and watching. Bless, bless each one in the coming week and help us all to become stronger in our faith, believing that Jesus took care of all of our troubles. Help us to hand them over right now, Lord. Today is a good day that we want to start handing any troubles over to you right now, please. Bless each and every one here. In your holy name, we pray and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please tune in next week for another uplifting and inspiring message from Grace Chapel. Bye for now.